Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the door of utterance. Thank you, Jesus. Because I'm anointed to teach your word and your people are anointed to receive. I pray that there will be understanding, illumination and light. Our eyes may be open. We may receive and see things that will transform our lives forever. In Jesus' mighty name. Okay, so on Sunday we started talking about principles for godly success. And I tried to establish that the definition of success when you become a child of God is one thing obedience to the will of god the natural world or the natural man defines success by things how much cars how many cars kind of clothes you wear and all that but as a spiritual person that cannot be your definition of success because jesus clearly stated that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of what he possesses. Now, this is not a message against things. Because we know from Matthew, the scripture says that all these things will be added. And so, what what uh, defines us is that we do not pursue them. Because they are not what consist our life. They are not what make up our life. And I had a very interesting thought this evening as I was praying for this meeting. You know, Elijah said that there are 7,000 prophets, uh, God said to him, there are 7,000 who have not bowed their knees to bow. Now, we read so much of the prophets, but we don't read about those 7,000. We don't read about what they've done, we don't read about anything they possess, but God just said, there are 7,000 that have kept and reserved that have not bowed their knees to bow. Now, if you look by the natural standard, you might say those 7,000 prophets were not successful. Because now, they never wrote any book. Alright? They never gave any prophecy. They never did things in the natural that we could lay hold on. Okay? So, we must understand that our definition of success must be consistent with the scriptures. Which means that success is fulfilling God's plan for our life. And obedience to that plan. And I will have a great responsibility towards that in the sense, Joshua chapter 1 verse 7 to 8, in the sense that we have to observe the written word. Observe the word of God. Observe to do. The scripture says, Joshua 1 7 to 8, we observe to do. That means that we approach the word of God with the mind that whatever I find in God's word is what I'm going to do. That means we do not give excuses against the word. We come in context uh, to do the word. And then most importantly, we put the word in our mouth. Meaning that we speak the word. The original translation for Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 means to soliloquize the word. Meaning to talk to yourself about the word. So your self-talk is 100% word-based. So you do not talk to yourself uh, the way... You talk to yourself naturally if you are not a child of God. But in, in our quest for success as children of God, 
or rather I should I shouldn't use the word quest for success rather I should say in our awareness of the principles for success because for the child of God success is not what you're looking for success is who you are because on the cross Jesus had paid the price for everything you would ever require in life when he said it is finished he meant every word of that now in our awareness of this subject of success i discovered that sometimes as christians we can be um we can just like bury our heads in the sand and lose out very practical principal things that can help us and that's what i intend to look at throughout this month and so for instance someone thinks that just by going for a prayer meeting then everything is going to be fine or going for an anointing service or a breakthrough service and all that and is not aware of the little things that make for greatness or make for excellence or make for success and one of those things i'd like to talk about this evening is the role of godly counsel in success the role of godly counsel in success now the word counsel according to the dictionary means the act of exchanging opinions and ideas Alright? Or you can say consultation. Advice, guidance, especially as solicited from a knowledgeable person. The act of exchanging opinions, ideas, or consultation, or advice or guidance, especially as solicited from a knowledgeable person. I'd like to say this here. That life is not as mysterious as certain people make it to be. Life is not very mysterious. You know, some people say, you, you don't know what will happen. You know, like, you, you see some, even in buses, they write it, who knows tomorrow. You know, it looking like we're all just floating through this world. We don't know what's going to happen. Tomorrow might be good. Tomorrow might be bad. No. If you are a child of God, through the written word, you can consistently predict how your tomorrow is going to turn up through the written word and through the instructions of god's word praise the name of the lord so looking at godly counsel godly counsel now i am very careful in talking about when i say principles for godly success that word godly is very important to me and then when i say godly counsel so it's not principles for success you can learn that somewhere else it's not just counsel we're talking about what godly counsel okay proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 a wise man will hear an increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel the word acquire means he will go out or implies he will go out of his way to get wise counsel a wise man will hear an increase in learning a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel proverbs chapter 1 and verse 25 and you the unwise neglected all my wisdom counsel and did not want my reproof proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15 
Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. You have the New King James Version. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but the wise man is he who listens to counsel. So in Proverbs chapter 1 and, and Proverbs chapter 1 verse 5 and Proverbs chapter 12 verse 15, he separates a man of understanding by his um, pursuit of counsel. That the way a man goes about seeking counsel distinguishes if he is a foolish man or a wise man. That's very important. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 10. Proverbs 13 and verse 10. True presumption comes nothing but strife. But with those who receive counsel is wisdom. Only by pride cometh contentions, but with the well-advised is wisdom. The man who receives counsel is called a wise man. I can tell you how many believers fall short of succeeding in their lives because they wouldn't listen to someone else. McHacken said this, God will never talk to you about something he had put the wisdom in someone close to you i'll give you a typical example maybe my wife has a wisdom concerning something we're going on going through in our house or we need to make you know adjustments about and i go about praying the lord praying and seeking the lord and here's my wife telling me what to do and i say no i want to hear from god i want to hear from god god is not going to speak to you about something he's put the wisdom in someone that you have a relationship with Look at this. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20. Listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. This is amazing. So it tells me that my response to counsel determines how the rest of my days will go out. My response to counsel. Right? Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. Meaning that my approach to counsel today might determine how the end of my life would be. Meaning that if a young man could submit to godly counsel at the early stages of his life, by the time he's old, he would see the effect of that counsel in his life. And again, the same way, if he chooses not to listen to counsel, at his old age, he would see the effect of not listening to counsel. So many things in our life would not respond to prayers. They would only respond to godly counsel. Not everything, as it were, should be prayed about. Some things you should just seek what? Counsel. And I think one of the reasons that we don't seek counsel in this, um, maybe there's some people don't seek counsel. You know, people teach all kinds of messages. Uh, when Joseph told his dream to his brothers, you know, they sold him. People are wicked. Don't tell anybody what you want to do. Just do it silently and surprise. And surprise. There are people in your life you shouldn't surprise. Are you following what I'm saying? 
Because that surprise might be a grave mistake. If the Lord asks us to acquire counsel, it means that it is something He wants us to be involved in. We are so afraid. And by the way, it was not because Joseph told his dream to his brothers that they sold him. That was part of the plan of God for his life. He couldn't become a king where he was. He needed to get somewhere else. Are you following that? Alright. Proverbs, what was the last one we read? 19.20. Let's go. Proverbs 20 verse 18. Proverbs 20 verse 18. What does it say? Every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. Every purpose, every purpose is established by counsel. You have a purpose, you have a dream, you have a vision. The scripture says by counsel it can be established. Every purpose. Every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. Some people's life would have gone farther if they would listen to counsel. Just listening to counsel. You know, people even boast. They say, nobody can tell me what to do. They boast in it. They say it. Nobody can tell me what to do. One of the one of the simplest counsel I give to young people who want to marry. You know, sometimes it's difficult to counsel people who say they are in love. You know, when young people are in love, even their father can become their enemy. They can go and rent another father for their traditional marriage. Until I've told people, don't fall in love. You open your eyes, you walk straight into it and make a conscious decision. Once you're already falling, it's a wrong step. Okay, alright. So... Most times when people are, and they come to me for counseling, and I said, who is in the life of your husband that if you pick up the, up the phone to report your husband to, at least he would listen? I remember sitting with some of these young couples. The man said, nobody. It's only the Holy Spirit. I said, even me, I can't counsel you. If it's only the Holy Spirit who can report you to, you don't need to belong to a church. You, the Holy Spirit, and your wife can have your own cell group. What will I say after you have told me the Holy Spirit? Unfortunately, their marriage didn't last. You know, you can have impressions and think it's the Holy Spirit when you're not matured. Who do you listen to? Is there someone in your life that if they call, at least you would have some level of respect for? Counsel. Every purpose is established by one's counsel. Look at this. Proverbs 27 verse 9. I went through the book of Proverbs and picked out everything that had to do with counsel. Proverbs 27 verse 9. Proverbs 27 verse 9. Ointment and perfume make the heart glad so a man's counsel is sweet to his friend go with me to ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13 ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 13 ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 13 a poor yet wise lad is better than an old and foolish king 
who no longer knows how to receive instruction who can no longer be admonished meaning that i read this verse to say this that we must constantly be open to counsel that means i cannot come to a point in my life and say well i've gotten all the counsel that i need to get no he says oh better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more that means he was listening to counsel before but now he says he's not listening to counsel anymore so that means we can never grow above counsel that's what it means we can never grow above what counsel you know some people sit with you for counseling and they have already made up their mind they just want someone who will endorse what they are doing somebody sits with you is asking for counsel you say uh, uh well this is this is this is i said oh well i think it should be this way he said no sir no sir i've thought about it i think it should be this way and at the end you don't have an option but to agree and you know the christian world will throw out every time it is well you know sometimes when somebody tells you it is well it actually means you will, be, you will soon perish in your foolishness yes it is well ah, sir, sir what do you think sir ah, it is well sir it is well sir there shall be no loss it is well <laughs> would you how would you respond if someone told you this idea is not workable can you try it this way you say no that's what they told henry ford but today there's ford motors no problem 10 years down the line you haven't still made progress never have a mentor who you cannot listen to his instructions i have i mean as as a pastor of this local church i have decided to do certain things and i called up my mentors and they said no don't do it that way and i shut it down i can say oh well you know the holy spirit told me let, let me let, let's let's come back a little bit we'll come back here if you go with me to um exodus chapter 18 we don't have time now to read everything because i want to finish this today exodus chapter chapter 18 but if you read from verse 14 to 24 there is a very interesting story there right it's the story of moses we can't read everything but write it down exodus 18 verse 14 to 24 right it's the story of moses he was counseling the people day and night counseling the people doing all the counseling doing all the counseling now go to verse uh i printed it out here i don't know which verse it is now go to verse uh which verse are you go to verse 16 and let's see i just want to show you something here exodus chapter 18. let me show you something here exodus chapter 18 and um go to verse 16 and when they have a dispute they come to me and i judge between a man and his neighbor and make them know the status of god and his laws moses father-in-law said to him the thing you are doing is not good remember moses was a man that god called with a burning bush it's not that he went to bible school he spoke with god face to face and god attested to him that he speaks to Moses face to face. Yet this man that had such a relationship with God. God called him in a very radical manner. You cannot miss that calling. 
His father-in-law saw what he was doing as a man of God and looked at him and said, this thing is not good. You know, some of us will say, were you there when Jehovah Jireh appeared? Were you there when God told me to remove my shoes? God might give you instructions about your life, but he might not give you the complete instructions you need to succeed. The complete instructions might come from people. Have you ever bought a DVD, right? You bought a DVD or you bought any electronics. You know, our natural response is that we can fix it. Until you connect everything, you are hearing voices, you are not seeing picture. Then you call the electrician and he does something. That's what it is. God can give you a very valid vision, but it will take godly counsel to execute it. Remember what we read in Proverbs. Every purpose is established by counsel. Never grow above counsel. Have a company of people around you that you seek counsel from. Sometimes the counsel is not about what you want to do. It is how to do it. How to go about it. Hey, I want to build this house. I want to do this stuff. What do you think? Even in ministry, many young people have failed in ministry for refusal to listen to counsel. Look at Moses' response. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourself out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. You know, it's only your father-in-law that can say this to you. Alright? Listen now to my voice. I'll give you counsel. Thanks. I'll give you counsel. And God will be with you. But I thought it was God that called Moses. His father, you know, it's only your father-in-law that can say, listen to me now. You know, you're going, it's only your father-in-law that can give you certain calls. <laughs> but you know, some people get married, they never listen to their father-in-law again. Look at this. Stand before God for the people so they may bring you the difficult matters and all that and all that and he and he did that and did that and did that and if you go to verse 23 if you do this thing and God so commands you then you will be able to endure and all these people will also go to their place in peace so Moses heeded New King James heeded Old King James hearkened means, means listened to the voice of who? his father-in-law and did how many things all that he said you know some people listen to counsel and choose what they want to do and then tomorrow when they run into problems they say well i listen to you i listen to you his enemies from my father's household no you should have completed the instructions Are you following what I'm saying? Moses, listen. This was Moses, the man of God. It's, it's like when we're building this place. And you know, people come to me and they, they are, Oh, pastor, what do you think about this thing? I, I'm like, I don't have to think about it. There's someone who's, who's got the rest, not just the responsibility, the know-how. You know the, the ministers, and of course it can happen. There are ministers who say uh, God showed them how the building should be. You know, the, the building should face this way. Well, God never talked to me about the building. 
you know I can insist and say let's do it this way but it's not necessary counsel will make everyone live peacefully and Moses I want us to read that verse don't forget it verse 24 so Moses listened listened you cannot receive counsel if you don't listen you don't go and receive counsel and you're doing all the talking you don't go and receive all the counsel and you're doing all the suggesting someone is counseling you and you say well I think well I think well I know well I'm sure well, you just shut up and listen if you knew everything you wouldn't come for counsel and I, said, I think sometimes counsel is just listening to our wives right and sometimes counsel is listening to her husband. Have you been in a marriage situation where you told your wife or your husband something and then they didn't listen? Three months down the line, someone else told them the same thing. And they came back and said, do you know what? Ah, somebody told me something today and man, I was blessed by it. They say the same thing you told them in the house. If you're too familiar with people, you cannot receive counsel from them. Look at this. So Moses did all that and Moses acted on his father-in-law's instruction. Let's go quickly. We still have a lot to cover. Proverbs chapter 11. Um, let's go to Luke 14 verse 31. One of the places where Jesus talked about counsel. Luke 14 31. Or what king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and take counsel, whether he is strong enough, with 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000. You are going to fight a battle against 20,000 people. And God says, the first thing you do is sit down and take counsel. I remember a long time ago, still young, starting out in ministry, one man came, one young guy came to me and said he wanted to do business. So, you know, just... Let's see what we can do with the wisdom of God for him. And he says, well, the business is thinking of... That was way back. Uh, the minimum he can start with is 12 million. That was like in 2008. I'm not sure if you put my whole family together, right from my great-grandfather, if you put all of us together, all the money we have seen, not handled, just seen, is up to that 12 million. I said, well, you have to look for someone to counsel you. Because even me, I will need counseling now to receive 12 million. <laughs> there are certain things that your, your brain should just tell you it's not time. Since you want to go and fight a man that has 20,000 soldiers, you have 10,000. The first thing to do is not to rush into battle. Sit down and take counsel. You know, it's amazing sometimes how we, we our leaders function in this part of the world. And it's the same thing that also happens to us. You know, you have a president who has special advisors. The special advisors have special advisors. And at the end, when you see what both the special advisor and the president are doing, it, it looks like nobody's advising anybody. You know why? Those are just political positions. The same thing with us. We can be in life and we're going through life and there are people around us who can give us counsel for the next phase of our life but we're not taking counsel from them. They are just there. It's just there. 
I believe that if we would listen to the people around us, we will do much more in life. And of course, we're going to go to the criteria of those you should listen to. So you didn't listen to everybody. Um, let's read Proverbs 11.14. Proverbs 11.14. It says, Where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. That means that victory and counsel are together. That means if you have access to counsel, you have access to what? To victory. If you have access to counsel, you have access to victory. Proverbs 15.22 Proverbs 15.22 Without counsel, the plans fail. Or without consultation, plans are frustrated. But with many counselors, they succeed. So you might have a good plan, but you need counsel to cause the plan to come to pass. We cannot grow above counsel. We cannot grow above it. And we, we come to this point in our lives where whoever we're listening to for counsel, we trust their wisdom to be able to help us. There are people, there should be people in your life that you do not take any major decision without seeking for their counsel. You should have people like that. If you don't, but you should have people like that. Hey, this is what I want to do. This is, not everybody you should surprise in your life. Not everybody. Some of you are even surprising yourself. You have not even consulted with yourself. You just take steps. I don't know about you, but I'm very... I approach decisions very cautiously. The reason is because decisions, sometimes you can control your decisions, but you do not have total or absolute control over the consequences of those decisions. Because the consequences have ripple effects. I don't know, if you've ever stayed in the village, when it's time to, to, to burn the bush or light fires, you understand? You know, our... The, the young children's excitement is that the fire is burning. Okay? But my grandfather would always tell us that you cannot burn another man's bush for him. Even though the bush needs to be burnt. It is not your role. So in as much as you are excited about striking the matchstick and seeing that blazing fire, you also make sure that you have parameters to make sure that the fire is not going to the other place. So one of the first things that my father, my grandfather would say is if we want to, this is our portion of land, if we want to set this place on fire, we might use the first two, three days clearing, clearing around our portion to make sure that there's a big demarcation between this one and this other one. Because when we start the fire, we cannot say fire, you are going too far, come back. It won't listen to you. You understand that? You can't say it and I say, yeah, where is water? Water from where? Before you go to the stream and you come back, you won't even know which is your land and which is the other person's land. You understand that? Without counsel, it's like that. You make a decision and here is the effect of your decision going left, right and center. And it's like saying, hey, no, no, this is not what I intended. It's not about your intention. Consequences are so huge 
that your intentions might not be able to affect them. Oh, I didn't mean it so. Mm. We might not be able to ask you, what did you really mean? You've made the choice. And not every consequence of our decision is suffering from the enemy. Sometimes it's just that we made the wrong, we made the wrong call. You understand that? For some of you that watch football, easiest example I can latch onto. You're playing a Champions League final and the referee makes a wrong call and gives a penalty and then the other club wins. You know, we can talk about that in the sports studio. We can debate it. We can say they paid the referee. You know what's going to happen? The other team will carry the cup. And even though everybody agrees it was wrong, you cannot now say, let's play it next tomorrow. It's gone. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? As you grow in life, minimize your mistakes. Reduce them to the barest minimum. Stop quoting, if a righteous man falls down seven times, he will stand up the eight times. If you keep falling down seven times from now to you are 70, before you get up the eight times, you would have gone. You can't be celebrating falling and getting up. Falling, it reduces your speed. Even though you can get up, the speed with which you will fall and stand up, it's time. Teach me to number my days that I might apply my heart to wisdom. Learn to minimize your mistakes in life. And one of the ways you can do that is godly counsel. Alright? Learn to minimize your mistake. Take advantages of materials. Take advantages of books. Take advantages of tapes. Take advantages of teachings. Take advantage of the wise people around you. Reduce to the barest minimum your mistakes. If there's anything that has helped me in this life, it's just that one key. Before I make any decision, before I make any decision, I talk to people about it. I talk, I talk, I talk, I talk. Because you see, see something. God will forgive you absolutely. But you know, sometimes you live with the consequences of that decision. I give you a simple example. I might not be the perfect, but it's the one that comes really to my mind. You have a baby outside of wedlock. Fantastic. God forgives you. We all know it was a mistake. No problem about that. But you know, you cannot go to the principal of the school and say, you know what? God has forgiven me. My church members have forgiven me. You know, uh, let the child be going to school for free. You know it was a mistake. You know it won't happen. Meaning that we have forgiven you. Perfect. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We don't judge you. But you know what is going to happen? Every three months, you're going to count the school fees. And pay as a forgiving, righteous child of God. Just like everybody's paying. And you're not going to do that for one month. You're going to do that until that child grows up. Oh, I didn't mean it. Excellent. We know. We love you. But you want that child to go to school? You'd pay. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? And you know what? Sometimes you have to now make hard decisions about your life just to make sure that child goes to school. So that means... You might need to stop going to school if you were in school. You might cut your educational dream short so that child can, you know, go to school. Fantastic. Nobody will judge you. But probably somewhere down the line, someone told you, don't do this. And you felt, ah, what is it? What is it? Can somebody enjoy life more? No problem. You can. 
You can. What counsel does is it puts restraints on your life so you can achieve your purpose. I think I'll have to continue with this on Sunday because there's no way I can just finish. But I need to say everything that's in my heart. Mike Mudok said this. Mike Mudok said this. He said, you know, after, I don't know how long his marriage lasted. I don't want to give figures. I'm not sure. But not so, wasn't so long. And I think it was about maybe 11 years or something. I'm not sure. But he said, what took him, maybe let, let me assume 10 years to see, it took his mother one day to see. Meaning that his mother told him, I'm not sure you can marry this person. Sometimes, we'll talk about, maybe I'll just, so that I will not rush this. Maybe we'll continue here on Sunday. Sometimes, what you're being counseled about is something you cannot see from your position. But I can see it, right? Like if, you know, sometimes it's counsel about our lives that we really don't take serious. But you know, when you go and meet the doctor, you don't argue about the doctor. You don't argue with the doctor. Why is it that you don't argue with the doctor? You feel they are knowledgeable. Perfect. Because that's what counsel is from the dictionary. Seeking um, advice from someone who is knowledgeable. So you go meet the doctor. And say, well, when I sleep, I see three moons. And the doctor say, well, you're eating onions too much. Don't eat onions anymore. You know what? When you go back home and you ask your wife, what did you cook this food? They say it's onion soup. Say the doctor said. You know, you just respect that opinion. You take it to heart. Or you're doing a building. The site engineer comes and says, oh, this can't work. What is going to happen? You're going to make that adjustment. Why is it that you can take decisions and counsel from people about some of these things, about your money, about your finance, about your stuff, when it consigns your destiny, you don't listen to instruction. When it consigns your character, you don't listen to counsel. At the end of the day, after all said and done, we will all personally live with the consequences of our decisions. We can feel sorry for you. We can help you the little way we can. We can rally around you. We can cry with you. You know, maybe somebody, somebody dies. Everybody goes there. You cry. Oh, it is well. Oh, don't worry. Oh, you know, you will be struggling. If you're the one that loves someone, you'll be struggling to eat. Right? When the, as the people are leaving your door, they are calling their house. Say, oh, oh food already. Yes, I'll be crying. No, it's you. We are coming. They, they are getting ready to eat. Meaning that at the end of the day, you are the one who will bear the responsibility for your own life. Your failure has nowhere. There's no consequences of your failure on my life. No. I can feel sorry for you. I can help you. I can do what I want to do. But at the end of the day, if you're struggling to pay your rent, it's you that will sleep outside. I can help you for two nights. After the third night, I'll tell you, my, my father-in-law who was dead last year is coming. He told me he's coming back from the grave. You need to move. A sense of this will make you take your life a little bit more seriously. 
You heard people just go, ah, I can stay with that kind of man in the house. God forbid. God forbid. That's that one man that was in Alaska. You leave the marriage. They can't stay with that kind of man, but they are in their own house. And after squatting with them for three months, yeah, you know, my husband, you know, my husband, what do we do? What do we look for? Look for somewhere. We'll be sending you support. Just look for somewhere. Your life is serious. Take it seriously. Some mistakes are irreversible. You go to heaven quite alright. If you are the one who is looking for physical houses in heaven, they might even add a bungalow for you. But the journey through life might be a little bit difficult. You might find it hard. The grace of God will sustain you. But it might be a tortuous journey. Saints, as Christians, we can't deceive ourselves. Choices have consequences. We must be careful how we make them. If you're a young person today, you have an opportunity to go to school. Take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. I have I've gone to gone back to where I grew up and I've seen the people we're in school with having to do certain things that they shouldn't be doing right now not that they didn't have someone to train them they just decided to do something else when they should be going to school if you would minimize your mistakes in life you will minimize your regrets If people have the opportunity, if you have the opportunity to ask people who are dying questions. The one thing they keep regretting is choices. No, they won't, they won't ever, you will never listen to someone say, Oh, I regret I didn't drive Mercedes-Benz S-Class before I died. They will never say that. Two things people always regret on their deathbed. The choices they didn't take that could have made them better persons or the relationships that they didn't keep. That's why sometimes they'll call for their children, they'll call for their wives, they'll call for their husband, they'll call for the people who are close to them. Is it not amazing how we go through life making decisions because of what other people will think about us? And on the last day of our life on earth, we become conscious of not those people, but the people that are very close to us, who lived under our own roof, that probably we never considered when we're making all our decisions. This is a serious matter. This is serious business. And if we want to be successful people on the earth, according to God's standard, then we must listen to counsel. Don't be in a hurry. There is no need to pray for speed in the wrong direction. It will take you a longer time to recover. So I need acceleration. I need acceleration. Calm down. If you are to go to Lagos and you are facing Makodi and you are asking for acceleration, by the time God gives you the acceleration and you find yourself in Makodi, and you discover that you ought to be in Lagos, it will take you a longer time. It's better that you don't make progress in the wrong direction. 
is better you don't make progress in the wrong direction. It will take you a longer time to reverse it. What am I telling you tonight? It's to be more conscious of your decisions. And I can, I can summarize this message with the story of the prodigal son. He chose, told the father, divide your inheritance. Father divided, gave to him. The Bible says he took all and wasted it on riotous living. At the end of the day, he was eating with pigs. But thank God for him, he used his brain. He didn't go for deliverance service. He didn't go for generational foundation uprooting miracle service. What did he go for? He looked inward. And I'll talk about that as we progress. I just, I just don't want to rush this. I'll talk about that as we progress on Sunday. The Bible says counsel is in the heart of a man. He has to pull it out. Sometimes people will not have to counsel you. You will sit down and look inward and pull counsel from within. The, the guy sat down and he asked himself two questions. He said, the servants in my father's house do not eat this type of food. So if I'm eating what I'm not supposed to be eating, then something is wrong. Then he crafted his return speech. I will arise. I will go back to my father. I will say to him, Father. <laughs> he carefully thought that. And the man arose. Right? I think I've taught that before. 11 lessons from the prodigal son. I don't know if we still have it. But if you look at that verse of scripture, the Bible says when he was eating with the pigs, that no one gave him anything. You know what that means? People can help you spend your money. But when it's over, they won't help you get back up. Ask any rich person who had fallen. Be careful when you have a crowd around you because of what you can do for them. Because they will help you run your resources. And at the end of the day, when you even look back, you haven't made the right investment in the places you should make investment. I want to challenge everyone in this house tonight. Take care of your family. Love them. Bless them. If you have a wife, treat them right. If you have a husband, invest time on them. If you have children, give them your time. At the end of our lives, that will be what matters. We love people, we take care of them, we minister to people, we bless people, but we never take those who God has given us the privilege to marry and to father lightly. They are the first representation of the kingdom to us. This is not an attempt to make you selfish. This is an attempt to make you look inwards. That at the end of your life, that will be what matters. Spend time with your children. Spend time with your wife. Spend time with your husband. Don't define success by what everybody would say. You were successful. Let success comes, come on your personal terms. Based on what God 
has called you to do in this life. Because at the end of the day, God is not going to ask you what people thought about you. He's going to ask you one question. What did you do with the assignment that I gave to you? Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you tonight. Lord, we ask that you would challenge our hearts. That we don't just want to be successful by the worldly terms. We refuse to define ourselves by the things we own and the things we do not own. Lord, we are asking that our priorities will be right. That our hearts will be challenged in the right direction. And that Father God, when it matters most, you'll be able to count on us. I pray, Father, that if we've made decisions in our hearts that are ir- that are just affecting our lives, that we're living off those consequences, we pray for your grace, we pray for your wisdom to help us to reverse those decisions. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.